You are listening to the Bellator Christi podcast, brought to you by bellatorchristi.com. Now join your host, Brian Chilton, as we enter the arena of ideas. Verses 1 through 10, and uh, hopefully uh, this will be a familiar text to you, or you'll recall the story. Luke 19, beginning in verse 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus who he was, and he could not for the press because he was little of stature. And he ran before and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying, that he has gone to be the guest of a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken from any man, taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore to him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, That today... 
is salvation come to your house? For as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Well, as we look at this passage of Scripture, we, we have familiar uh, circumstances, but it always caused a question in my mind, why did Zacchaeus want to see Jesus? Why did he want to see him? Why did he run ahead and get in a tree and look, look for Jesus to pass that way? Now, Zacchaeus was a, was a, a tax collector. Now, I don't know about you. If I asked you what your favorite day of the year is, somebody would probably say Christmas, December 25th. Somebody would say Thanksgiving. Or somebody would say my birthday, or our anniversary. How many people honestly will say your favorite day of the year is April the 15th, tax day? Nobody. Nobody. I may have told you this story before, but my sister, she and her husband, I don't know how they do it, but every year around the 1st of February, they, they go and have their taxes filled out. And about the 1st of March, she'll call me and she'll say, I haven't got my refund. Now, they get a refund every year. I don't know how they do that either. But every year they get a refund. But they'll call me around the 1st of March, we haven't got our refund yet. We haven't got our refund yet. I said, it's going to be a while before you get it. And every year I'll tell my sister this, and she, maybe she'll catch on after about 30 years. I will say, I owe... And they're not going to send you your refund until I send what I owe, and then they'll forward to you what you, what you get, okay? Right? Okay? Well, nobody really likes a tax collector. Now, we may have some folks that have somebody in your family. At this particular time in history, they weren't well thought of. They weren't high up on the list. They were kind of despised because they cheated people. How many of you ever played the little game, you got a, you got a, a bag full of cookies and you got two friends, and you'll say, one for you, two for me, one for you, one for you, two for me. You know, did you catch that? I always get more. Well, sort of that's the scenario, if you will, of this story. Why it says that Zacchaeus was a publican and that he was rich, because perhaps... He could have had two sets of books. You know what I'm talking about. You've heard about it. You've got the legitimate set of tax records, and then you've got your own personal copy that you keep over here. How much you, you made off of somebody. You know, you, you owe so much, and then add a little bit on there, and that goes in your pocket. Well, let's see about Zacchaeus. He was used to conning people. He was used to perhaps cheating people out of what they actually owed. But I've always been curious, why does the scripture say that he heard that Jesus was coming that way and he wanted to see him? Okay? Well, perhaps. Now, we're going to go on a little bit of a journey today, so, so just kind of imagine with me that somewhere in this scenario, Zacchaeus had heard a story about Mary and Martha. One day, Mary and Martha sent for Jesus to come to their home. Lazarus is sick. Will you come to our home? Word got to Jesus, but he did not go immediately. He tarried. That means he waited a while. When Jesus finally got to the home of Mary and Martha, there was a wreath on the door. And we know what that means, don't we? That means somebody has passed away. Who had passed away in the story? It was Lazarus, Jesus' friend. Lazarus had died. 
And the first thing that they said to Jesus when he came, you are four days late. Why did you tarry four days? Now, I don't know if you listen to uh, Joy FM or, or any gospel music, but Karen Peck and New River several years ago put out a song. Jesus, when you're four days late, you're still on time. Now, you remember that story. Lazarus has died. Four days he's been in the tomb. Jesus comes to the home and he says, well, let's go down to the cemetery. And they went to the cemetery. Now, think about this. We know that God knows us by name, don't we? He knows every one of us by name. I told you this story perhaps some time ago. I was down at Rock Spring Baptist Church, downtown Turkeyfoot. Anybody know what that is? Turkeyfoot. Yeah, I was at Rock Spring Baptist Church, and I, I think I might have told you this last time, but it kind of fits into the story here. After the service, this guy came up to me, and he said, Hey, Dennis Shaw, I'm Dennis Shaw. And we shook hands. And I had on, at that time, I had on a tie bar. This, this is a tie chain right here, but I had a tie bar on it. It had my initials, DJS. And he said, Dennis, what's your middle name? And I said, James. He reached in his pocket, pulled out his wallet, showed me his North Carolina driver license, Dennis James Shaw. There he is. There's another Dennis. He's got about three more hairs on his head than I do, but there, there's Dennis Shaw right there, okay? There is another one. Frank, and hope, oh, Lord, Francis, I hope there's not another. Never mind. We won't get into that. But God knows us by name, does he not? Now, remember the story of Lazarus. Jesus goes to the cemetery. Now, have you ever wondered why Jesus didn't just go to the cemetery? They walked right to the tomb where Lazarus was. Why didn't Jesus just walk up and say, Come forth! You ever thought of that? Jesus said three words. Two of them were, Come forth. But the first word he said was, and he said it on purpose to be specific. He said, Lazarus, come forth. Because I really believe that if Jesus had gone to that cemetery and said, come forth, you know what would have happened? You say, oh, that wouldn't have happened. Well, you read in the New Testament on further when Jesus returns, it, the graves are going to open. I think they would open that day. If Jesus had just gone to the cemetery and said, come forth, every one of the graves would have opened up. But he was specific. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And you know the rest of the story. He came forth. And instead of going back mourning and grieving with the family, they went back rejoicing. Now perhaps, perhaps Zacchaeus had heard about that. Perhaps Zacchaeus heard about another instance about Jesus. There was a lady who had an issue of blood. She had tried every remedy. She had gone to see every doctor there was in town. Anything anybody told her to try, she would drink it, she would take it, she would try it to see if it would heal her. And nothing, nothing worked. One day she heard that Jesus was going to be passing by. And so she joined the crowd. Now the scriptures tell us in that particular story that there was a multitude of people. There's always a multitude of people when Jesus is coming by, isn't it? A couple of years ago, uh, probably about 15 years ago, I went down to Charlotte to the Billy Graham Library. Bill Gaither was having a live taping of one of his homecoming friends 
uh, videos. We got down there. Somehow, I don't know how I did it. I registered online, and there was thousands of people that were in a pool to try to get tickets. You had to pay for them, but they only had like 2,000 tickets. I got two of them. I went down there, parked way over there, never been there before in my life, and got out, we got out of the car, and we walked, and we walked, and we walked, and then here was this gigantic, huge tent, sort of like a circus tent. They had 2,000-some seats set up there. Well, as we were walking down, the closer we got, the more crowded it got. People were walking. Then they started, you know, you're walking shoulder to shoulder and like this. And all of a sudden, somebody bumped me like that. And I thought, now, who was that? And I looked over there like this, and all I saw was somebody's shoulder. And I looked up. It was William Lee Golden. Remember him from the Oak Ridge Boys? Walking with the big beard down to his knees. He was beside me. I said, oh, hey there, how are you? <laughs> well, we walked a little bit further, and somebody nudged me on this side. And I looked, so I thought this time I'm going to get it right. I looked up. I didn't see nobody. But right here was Jimmy Fortune. Oh, hey, <laughs> Jimmy Fortune <laughs> from the Statler Brothers. They were all there. It was, an, it was in honor of Billy Graham. Had it at the Billy Graham Library. He wasn't able to be there. George Beverly Shea was there, Cliff Bears, and about a hundred other people up there on the stage singing. We were, and the point of that is, it was a multitude of people. And it reminded me of this story right here that perhaps Zacchaeus heard about. Jesus was passing by, and this lady said, you know, what have I got to lose? I've tried everything there is, and nothing has worked. I cannot be healed. And you know the story. As Jesus was passing by, a multitude of people, and she had in her mind a thought that if I could just reach through and around somebody and just touch, just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just touch his garment, I know that I would be healed. Jesus came by. She reached her hand through, and she did touch the hem of his garment. And out of all of that, Jesus stopped. He looked at his disciples and he asked this question, Who touched me? Who touched me? And the disciples' answer was, Lord, look around. Look at the multitude of people. Everybody's elbow to elbow, shoulder to shoulder, we're shuffling through. What do you mean, who touched you? And Jesus said, No. Somebody touched me that had such a great faith that if they could just touch my garment, they would be healed. And I felt the power go out of me. And she was healed because of her faith. And then I'm reminded yet of another story. And there's story after story after story that you read about in the scriptures. And you read about the story of the, the, the man who was possessed with demons. And where did he live? He lived in the cemetery. He was chained up. He was possessed by the demons, been outcast perhaps from his family, and that's where he lived. And when you read that story, you find that Jesus passed by and walked over to him. Anybody that had to go to the cemetery for any reason did not want to go alone, and they didn't want to go to that section of the cemetery, if you will, because that guy was living in a cave, chained up and demon-possessed. But the scriptures tell us that Jesus came by. Jesus actually went by that particular spot. 
and on purpose went over to the man and called him by name. And he called the demons to come out of him. And they did. Now, I don't know much about his story, but I would almost imagine that this man who had been demon-possessed, when Jesus called the demons out, he came back to his right mind. The chains were, were loosened. And I can just imagine that he perhaps went back if he had a family. He went back to what we would call normalcy. He went back to his family. All because Jesus passed by. Now there's story after story after story in the, in the scriptures of what happens when Jesus passes by. And you can read about the one who was a leper. Same thing. Jesus healed him. Somebody was blind. And Jesus touched them, and they were healed, all because Jesus passed by. So let's take those stories, actual stories that happened in the Scriptures. Perhaps Zacchaeus had heard these stories, and now Jesus is passing by his way on that particular day. Well, the Scriptures tell us in the Scripture, Jesus was passing by, Zacchaeus, we know he was a, a tax collector. He's very rich. Verse 3, and he sought to see Jesus who he was. You know, I've been hearing a lot about Jesus and these disciples. They've been taking up offerings. I don't know if they've been recording all their income. Is that why he wanted to see Jesus? We're going to see how much money they take in over here and see how much they report. I don't know if that's why he wanted to see Jesus or not, but there was something about Zacchaeus that day. Jesus is coming by. And he wanted to see him. He couldn't join in the crowd because he was short or shorter than most. He wouldn't be able to see. Have you ever been to the movie theater or gone to see a play? And you sit down and you, and you can see the stage. You can see the screen up there. And two minutes before the movie starts, two minutes before the play starts, Somebody comes and sits in front of you. Now, ladies, y'all don't do this anymore, but they used to call them beehive hairdos. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Vestal Goodman used to have one about three stories high. But, you know, somebody's going to come sit in front of you that's six foot nine, and all you're going to see is the back of their head, right? And the whole, and when you walk out of that movie or you walk out of that uh, play, you walk out like this, you know, because you've had to sit there the whole play, the whole, Look around, right? You know what I'm talking about? Somebody's in, right in front of you. You can't see. That's perhaps why Zacchaeus said, I'm going to go get up in a tree. Now, he climbs up into a sycamore tree, and I, I, I can imagine he wants to be in disguise. He wants to climb up in the tree where nobody will see him. Nobody will pay attention. They won't even know that he's there, right? Well, that's what he thought says he climbed up, he ran before, he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see Jesus, for Jesus was going to pass that way. Now, verse 5. If you ever think that you can hide from God, you know, Jonah tried to do that. Remember that story. If you think you're going to hide from God, God won't know. Let's read verse 5 and following. It says that when Jesus was passing that way, as Jesus came through Jericho, he stopped right in front of that tree. Now, I don't know how many trees there were. There could have been ten trees. 
There could have been five trees, two trees. May have just been one tree. I don't know. But it says he stopped in front of that tree. Now, Jesus could have said, Hey, who are you up there? Hey, what are you doing up there? First, he knew where to stop. Number two, he knew somebody was up there. And number three, he called him by name. He said, Zacchaeus, get out of that tree. Now, you know, kids have that little song that they sing about make haste and come down out of that tree. Jesus stopped in front of that tree and he said, Zacchaeus, get down here right now. Now, that should tell us a story right there that when God calls us by name and he tells us to do something, he says, make haste. That means hurry up and do it. We ought to respond as well. Sometimes God will ask us to do that. Well, not right now. I'll get to it later. Or, or, or maybe next week. Or whatever. Zacchaeus did what? He got down out of that tree, didn't he? Right then, he came down. So God, through, through, through this story, has, Jesus has passed by, stopped at that tree, and now called him down. And he says to him, in the latter part of, uh, of verse 5, make case, for today, for today, I must abide at your house. Okay? Now that's why I say, I don't know the, the stories that I mentioned prior to that. Perhaps Zacchaeus had heard about those. You know, anytime Jesus healed somebody, the word got out. He said, you've heard about me going to other people's houses and places and things that have taken place. Today, I'm coming to your house. I'm coming to your house. Now that's wonderful until you read the next, next verse. We're down to verse 7. And when they saw it, now they being religious leaders, they being the multitude of people, instead of rejoicing and saying, oh, hey, the, the Lord's going to get a hold of old Zacchaeus. He's called him down. He's going to call him out. He's going to tell him everybody he's cheated. No, that isn't what they said. It said they began to murmur. 99% of the time when somebody's murmuring, it's not good because it's usually something bad. And they murmured, it says here. They began to murmur and they said, he's going to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. Well, take a look in the mirror, fellas, ladies, whoever was there murmuring. All of us are sinners, aren't we? Aren't we? We just have to be saved sinners. That's what they said. He's going to, to the house of a sinner. How dare he do such a thing? That's why there in verse 10, Jesus says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why he came, was to be with sinners and to forgive them of their sins. First they have to confess those sins. He will forgive you of those sins. Then it tells us, Did it make a difference that day at all? Did it make a difference at all? that Jesus had passed by. Well, remember the story of Zacchaeus. Rich, tax collector, he cheated people. Does his encounter with Jesus change his life? Years ago, the cathedrals came out with a song. He made a change. He made a change in my life. Well, let's read what verse 7, 8, 9, particularly verse 8 says. Zacchaeus looks at the Lord, and he says, Lord, half of my goods I'm going to give to the poor. Now, does that sound like somebody who had a change in their life? 
who's used to taking from people and now says, Lord, I'm going to give half of everything that I have to the poor. And then the next part really is intriguing. He says, and Lord, anybody that I have cheated, I'm going to give them back fourfold of what I took. Now we'll use modern uh, terminology. If he, if he cheated somebody out of one dollar, he's going to give them back four dollars. I always tell my sister this story. This is the story in the Bible about getting a rebate. Just think of all them people that got a rebate that didn't know one was coming. Rebates from the tax collector. Now how did he know who he had cheated? As I told you, he probably had a second set of books over here and he knew he cheated you this much and cheated you this much and that one over there that much. And he came back. You ever seen that story, Flywheel, the movie Flywheel? Same story, same kind of thing. Car dealer cheats everybody and brags about it. Lord got a hold of his heart. He went back to everybody and returned to them what he cheated them. Now that sounds like to me there was a change made in Zacchaeus' life, don't you? He's going to give half of his goods to the poor and he's going to restore fourfold to everybody. Now I can tell you the date for me. What is the date for you? when Jesus passed by. When Jesus passed by and he stopped right at your pew or you were on vacation, he stopped right at that table where you were eating or you were in a hotel room traveling you had the television on and somebody was speaking about Jesus and the Lord spoke to you. Whatever the circumstance, you were in a hospital room with someone in your family. Where were you when Jesus passed by your place where you were? And he stopped right at that table, that pew, that room. And what a change that he made in your life. Some of you perhaps remember the date. Uh, I have it written down. It was August of 1979 when I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I'm thinking about the other Dennis Shaw. He made a decision some date. And when God recorded it, he knew which Dennis Shaw he was talking about, okay? He didn't get us mixed up. God knows everything about us. We can't hide anything from him. Now, we think we do. We think we hide, but we don't. Zacchaeus thought he was going to hide from the Lord, and he wouldn't even notice it. But things changed that day because Jesus passed by. And so this morning, Jesus is passing by here today. And he wants to stop right where you are, the, the, the pew that you're sitting on. And he wants to come into your house. He wants to come and, and reside in your heart. Some of you maybe have already made that decision. Some of you perhaps have not. And today would be that day. Some of you perhaps need to come and rededicate yourselves into the service for the Lord and say, you know, Lord, I hadn't been doing what I should be or ought to be doing. And today, as Jesus passes by, he wants to encourage you to get back on the path and do the things that he's asked you to do. Perhaps you want to be a candidate for baptism. You want to unite with Huntsville Baptist Church. This is where you want to be your church family. And you want to make that decision. Perhaps there's a concern upon your heart. You just want to come here to this altar and pray. God has answered a prayer in your life. And you want to come down here and give him praise for it on a bended knee. Whatever your need or desire or concern is today, Jesus is passing by and he wants to come to your house.
May we pray together. Heavenly Father, as we bow during this time, we pray, Father, for your Holy Spirit's presence. Father, to meet us right there in the pew where we are. Father, to speak to us. And Father, that we might respond according to your leadership. Father, thank you for passing this way today. May when we walk through these doors, whichever way we exit this sanctuary, when we leave this on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of bellatorchristi.com or its affiliates. The Bellator Christi podcast is a production of bellatorchristi.com and is protected under Creative Commons copyright. All rights reserved. The theme song is Crucified, written by John and Michaela Lemonese, performed by Crosby Lane, and produced by Mansion Entertainment. Be sure to visit bellatorchristi.com and subscribe so that you can receive all the articles and podcasts in your inbox for free. Catch us on iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. For Brian Chilton, this is Burl Childers saying God bless, and we'll see you the next time as we enter into the arena of ideas. Are you looking for something that will train you in Christian apologetics, but you don't have time to commit to a long-term program? Do you want to learn more about the philosophical, scientific, and historical reasons for the Christian faith? If you answered yes, then plan to attend the 25th National Conference on Christian Apologetics, entitled Defending a Faith That Thinks. It will be held October 13th and 14th at Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina sponsored by Southern Evangelical Seminary. Among the speakers include Michael Brown, Norman Geisler, Gary Habermas, Ken Ham, Richard Howe, Greg Kokel, J.P. Morin, SES President Richard Land, Jay Richards, Hugh Ross, Frank Turret, Jay Warner Wallace, and more than 30 additional speakers. Early bird pricing lasts until August 1st. For more information, go to conference.ses.edu. I plan to be at the 25th National Conference on Christian Apologetics. I hope to see you there. Once again, this is October 13th and 14th at Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Go to conference.ses.edu. The National Conference on Christian Apologetics, defending the faith of things. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our great nation was built on these simple principles. So was our university. Find your greatness at Liberty. Online or on campus, discover more at liberty.edu. It's the difference between a job and a career.